Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And thanks for checking out Growing the Game with Ballsy, coming to you live from the Regina Sports Performance Center studios. Get to the next level. Join today at reginasports.ca. The podcast also brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics in Regina. Man, what a difference it makes going to see Crescinda over there at Face First. I got my tear troughs done. I got some skin rejuvenation. You can beat back father time in a naturally looking way with Crescinda over there above Gabos on Dudney Avenue. It's Face First. Mark Greshner Photography. Trust Mark. Mark Greshner to capture your important moments. Man, he did some work for me for my son's grad. Some interesting shots. Still snapping up pictures from him. He does great work. MarkGreshner.com. Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by giving him a call 306-502-5355. Doubles at Ag Sales in Weyburn. Give Corey Zadorozniak a, a ring at 306-842-2406 for grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance. Hammer Time Roofing and Saskatoon. Tired of your shingles blowing off? Call Hammer Time Roofing. Saskatoon's only certainteed five-star roofing contractor that is backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Call 306-262-ROOF. AGT Foods, one of the largest suppliers of value-added pulses, staple foods, and food ingredients in the world. A great Saskatchewan success story. And thanks to Riders punter John Ryan, a local football legend, for getting on board with this podcast in the form of his Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation. And we're coming to you live from the Regina Sports Performance Center studios, and it's time to head out on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Check out the great gang there in Saskatoon, led by Kevin Welsh. It's Hammer Time Roofing. Our guest now, the offensive coordinator of the Regina Ride. He's also with the Regina Rams, too. We'll get into all of that. He is our coach of the week for the Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation, a local football legend, and, oddly enough, a former Regina Ram. How are you today, Retz? I'm doing pretty good, Ballsy. How are you? Good, man. Now, just fill the listeners in. I know your love for football, but, man, a guy who is an offensive coordinator for a women's football team, and then you do work for the Rams, too. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, a pretty unique and uh, a a pretty uh, – I'd say I'm I'm pretty grateful to be in a a position I am where I can uh, make a career out of uh, – essentially watching football, breaking down football and coaching football. Um, and just to be able to apply it to not just uh, the university program, but uh, a program like the Regina Ride is, is truly a blessing. We'll get into the Regina Ride in a second. Just tell the people what you do with the Rams. Like you're an equipment guy, but you're also in the video room. You're also kind of there. Uh, you do a lot of things online with the alumni in terms of posting like uh, flashback segments and things like that. Yeah, so my uh, new official title with the uh, Regina Rams is Manager of Football Operations, um, which incorporates uh, a lot of different things. Like if you were to look at a, a CFL team or a NCAA NFL team, like they got five or six guys doing everything that I'm doing with the Rams. So uh, my my main focus is, is obviously uh, video coordinating, coaches film, practice film, game film, scout film, things like that. But uh, yeah, they use my skills of uh you know graphic and video editing to to make some posts for for our social media channels and things like that yeah so tell me my friend what kind of life do you have outside of football uh in in covid world or the normal world the normal world 
<laughs> uh, the normal world is uh, I still am pretty active uh, with family. I have a lot of uh, my close family, immediate family, is, uh, is all in Regina. Uh, my older sister has uh, two young kids, a uh, niece and a nephew that I love spending time with. Um, you know, and I just love getting out to our, our family cabin, which is uh, quite a drive away, but I love getting out uh, on the golf range, uh, out to the cabin, do a little bit of fishing, a little bit of boating, mm-hmm. just to just to find that, that balance, little right? Ba- little balance, yeah, because a lot of guys sleep under their desk. I just listened to you talk, though. I picture, is there a lot of overlapping between your ram duties and riot duties? And if so, what does a typical day look like in the you know, either pre or post COVID world for you? Uh, not too much overlap. Uh, the nice thing with the, uh, Regina riot season is we play a spring season. Right. Uh, so normally it's May, June. So you really, the, uh, once our season really starts kicking in, uh, Rams is kind of done for the summer. So we would have just wrapped up our spring camp. Guys would have, most of the guys would have gone home, uh, so I can really start focusing on on riot stuff uh, during those months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once uh, kind of August kicks in, then Rams uh, really starts going full tilt. Um, but uh, what really gets interesting is I also uh, am still involved uh, mostly game days with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So okay, that yeah. uh, throws another wrench into into the daily planning. Yeah, so you you do like uh, you're a video you're like doing a video internship or you help them on the video side? Yeah, uh 2017-2018 I I did a internship in the video department with Chad Hudson and those guys. Um the last couple of years is really just helping out on game days and and in training camp uh with the coaches film. Dude, you're a great guy to ask this. How how concerned are you about football in this country cuz you've dabbled a bit at the pro level? You are with the Regina Rams. They didn't have a season. And, of course, you were supposed to be the OC for the Regina Riot in 2020. There was no 2020 season. How concerned are you about the health of this game going forward on the other side of COVID at all levels? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of question marks and a lot of, as you say, concerns about, uh, you know, will things be back to normal like, like they used to be pre-COVID? Um, obviously in this country, everything trickles down from the CFL, right? If the CFL, uh, struggles a little bit, then, you know, university ball struggles a little bit. Uh, and if university ball struggles a bit, a little bit, then, you know, high school, and it kind of has a trickle down effect in, in that sense. Um, but me being the kind of ever, uh, optimistic, uh, hopeful guy, I'm, I'm, in the boat that uh, we're going to be able to get back to uh, a sense of normalcy with uh, with CFL and U Sport football uh, like we were in in 2019 and and before that. Let's talk a bit about coaching, uh, Retzlaf. What what do you like best about coaching? Uh, I like the game planning. I like the uh, the the analogy of the chess game behind it. Uh, trying to find what uh, works best for your team and your athletes and how you can uh, manipulate and attack another team. Uh, for myself, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the route concepts and the, and the run game to be able to attack and uh, uh, put a defense on their heels a little bit. Yeah, so you're a guy that uh, obviously 
uh, kind of a brainiac, I would think. You're into cutting things up and looking at things. Are you into analytics? Are you an analytics guy? Very much so, yeah. In the last couple of years, I uh, really started delving more into that. Um, obviously, with March Madness right around the corner, I'm starting yeah. to dig into the basketball stats now, too. I've been doing that a couple of years, and I've been uh, fairly successful. I haven't outright won yeah. any of my brackets, but I've I've picked the – the winners the last couple yeah. of years. So what do you think of uh, the riot, you know, uh, the team that you were supposed to have in 2020 and, and uh, here's to everything being equal and getting most of those players back. What do you think of your offense as you go into a new campaign? Uh, it was going to be interesting this year. We were going to have a, uh, essentially a new starting quarterback for the first time since uh, the team's inception. Uh, longtime quarterback, Amy Kowalski, who did a absolutely fantastic job for the riot uh, the first 10 years of the team or 11 years um she had uh, retired hung up the cleats so we were moving forward with uh, a new quarterback josie shannon uh who put in the work uh, uh at the quarterback position watching film looking through the playbook uh time in the weight room everything like that so uh you know we were going to be kind of Young, new, and fresh, and we were going to have uh, some pretty exciting uh, offensive schemes for for the teams in the WWCFL to contend with. Yeah, so, you know, we talk about um, playing the next season, but you guys are a spring league. Do you think this league's going to be possible in 2021? Uh, That is a big question right now. Uh, The WWCFL has already come out uh, and said that they're pushing back our normal start date which is usually that first weekend of May. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that means uh, a June start or mid-June or what, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that we're going to have some form of the season. Um, it may very well just start with uh, interprovincial games, whether it's just a home-and-home with the Saskatoon Valkyries uh, until uh, we kind of get the go-ahead of interprovincial chant travel and we can go out to Winnipeg and play uh, those folks out there. But I do think we're going to, I'm hopeful we're going to have some semblance of a season. Last question for you, Thomas Retzlaff of the Regina Riot, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Regina Rams. What do you make of the announcement recently that the CFL is in talks with the XFL? They're just talking about talking apparently, but uh, it's interesting because the XFL now is saying they're pushing back their, they're, they're postponing their 2022 season as everybody going, Oh, what's going to happen here? What do you, what do you think? Like I look at it. I'm very interested in, in the sense that uh, the rock brings a lot of uh, savvy and he brings a big name and everything like that. But I don't know, man, if Vince McMahon couldn't make it go, I don't know that the rock could make it go and CFL expansion didn't exactly work out. I'm okay with them looking at it as long as they don't touch our rules and as long as they don't touch our Canadian ratio or Canadian content. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, obviously it's been a big topic uh, on social media today when when that uh, was starting to coming out. I was uh, discussing it with uh, our our coach Bruce Anderson in the office here during our coffee break. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, any talk is good talk. Um, you know, at least people are talking CFL football again. Um, but uh, as far as what exactly it entails, uh, whether it is a, a, a merger or an alignment or exhibition games or what, I don't know. Um, uh, but, yeah, like you said, you know, 
Uh, the XFL is, uh, has, has kind of come and gone twice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I but, just don't, uh, I, I just don't, you know, Vince McMahon's put all that money into it. First time he didn't do a great job. It was gimmicky. Second time he did a pretty good job. Now, granted, it got railroaded by the pandemic, so you can't blame anybody there. But, I mean, he put millions into that, hundreds of millions that didn't work. I don't know where The Rock thinks he's going to be able to pull it off because America's already said, you know, we don't want anything but the NFL or college football. And the U.S. expansion, I don't think you're really old enough to remember. Maybe you are, Thomas. But uh, it didn't work out so good in the CFL, too. I'm not trying to poo-poo it. I'm just, yes, let's look at it. You're right. Let's talk about things. But I don't know. I don't know about you. I'm pro-Canada. And I think anybody with half a brain in Canada would, would want to stand up for Canada. Like, don't let, them, don't let them screw with our rules. No, I agree. Like, the Canadian game is a unique game. It's a strong game. Uh, it's a popular and a fun game to watch. Um, the other question is going to be like, if they do align, like the, like you said, the XFL, uh, and any other semi-pro league in the States that started up is, is already has always competed with that NFL. And that's why they play a, mm-hmm. right after the Super Bowl, right? They play February, March, April. So they don't have to compete with the NFL. So if, we align and the XFL now has to play later in the year. Well, now they're getting into NFL yeah. uh, scheduling and things like that. So yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot more questions than answers at this point. And like you said, talking about talking, um, but at least people are, are talking. talking CFL yeah. in, in some sense again, right now. And we're happy to have been talking ride football with their offensive coordinator, Thomas Retzlaff. Thanks for this, Thomas. You are welcome. It's time for the Gospel According to Ballsy. Well, just before we bring to a close this installment of Growing the Game with Ballsy, we need to kick around this XFL-CFL thing, whatever the hell it is. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Well, we're not sure what he's cooking yet. As our commissioner said the other day, they've begun to talk about talking. Huh? Anyway, got people talking about the CFL in March, so that's a good thing. And you could do a lot worse than attaching yourself to the star power of The Rock. As a lifelong CFL fan and longtime media member, we definitely need to look at doing something different to fix this league, but I'm not sure this is it. The XFL has failed twice in the US. This last time around was way better in terms of the product on the field, and they got a TV deal out of ESPN. Now, I'm not sure they got much money, but the production value on the broadcast was there. The stadiums, though, were empty before the pandemic killed the league. Americans have spoken with their wallets. They only want high school football, college football, and the NFL. And do you remember how well that CFL US expansion worked? It didn't. It failed miserably. Now, if a merger were to happen, it brings up so many questions. A merger means three downs are gone? The Canadian ratio's done? When do they play? We can't play from February, March, April into September. I mean, it's unrealistic and the XFL can't run up against the NFL in the fall do we pay the players in Canadian or US funds Canadian owners can't afford the latter they can barely afford the former now I was working the phones yesterday and this is what I got from my sources that have connections to both leagues sources that I trust this is how it looks right now the XFL will help the CFL with branding marketing 
merchandising and game day experience. You know, The Rock does a great job with his social media following and attracting that demo that the CFL desperately needs and uh, can't seem to attract. The CFL apparently is going to help the XFL with league setup, broadcasting strategy, and maybe bodies in the form of players and coaches. From the CFL players I've talked to, they seem to think it's another Randy Ambrosi big idea with little follow-through. Their attitude is basically, cool story, bro. Now tell me when I can stop driving for Uber and get back to playing football. I also talked to former and current owners of sports teams, and they said by announcing this with very little info is exactly what they should do. Nobody has talked more about the CFL in the U.S. or the XFL in Canada ever before, and that smells very much like what The Rock has cooking. Most I talk to believe a merger isn't likely. One guy said, never in a million years. Now, if The Rock really wants to get into football and loves the CFL so much, we should pitch him on buying the BC Lions. Or, why don't we pitch The Rock on buying the entire CFL and he builds it up while recognizing its heritage. He did say on Instagram that the CFL changed his life and that he understands the blood Canadians bleed for the CFL. I got you. Respect the legacy. I got you. That Instagram post does give me some optimistic feeling that he's not just going to say, hey, screw the CFL and its traditions. But while I'm at it, I hear this all the time. There aren't enough good Canadians to support the CFL. Really? Then riddle me this, Batman. As I tape this podcast, Enoch Mwamba and Matt O'Donnell, two pretty good Canadians, don't have jobs yet. So go ahead and beat it with the whole not enough good Canadians thing. I call bullshit. Lots of our problems are self-inflicted. I'm all for players getting paid, but only if you can afford it. We're broke, but we're still paying players way too much relative to our revenue coming in, which is nothing right now. Quarterbacks, for example, should be paid the most, but they're still overpaid at $500,000, $400,000. I'd like to drive a Ferrari, but I can only afford an older SUV. You gotta work with what you got, right? And we've never done a great job promoting our own. It's why I started this podcast four years ago and why I'm working on a Can West Top 50 show. I heard a reputable CFL insider say, well, at least we're talking about the CFL in March when nothing's going on. Well, I guess the CFL draft is coming up, but nobody really cares about that. What? That's the problem. We don't make things like that or the CFL Combine or a CFL Week a big deal. In fact, the first CFL Week was just thrown together and thank God it was hosted here in Regina, we pulled it off somehow without any real help from the CFL. I say we look for solutions in our own country. We're going to save two spots for global players slash mannequins as I like to call them, but we won't save a spot to develop a Canadian quarterback. Now I know we've cut back our spending on coaching staff, so this next idea really won't fly, but I also think we should save a Canadian spot on each staff. It's how you grow the game. If that's truly, truly what you're interested in. We need to quit with the mentality that we're not good enough. Canadian talent in this game has never been better, but they're held back by outdated thinking and American coaching bias. Explain this to me. How is former Regina Rams DB Tavon Campbell, a journeyman backup defensive back in the CFL, but he just signed his second contract with the NFL's Chargers? I'll tell you why. 
coaches already have spots saved for Canadians on their roster, and if you're a certain birth certificate, you can't play that position. Oh my gosh. We're gonna play a Canadian at a starting cornerback spot? No way a Canadian can be a running back. Andrew Harris. No, we can't have a guy as a starting stud slot back. Brad Sinopoli. A limited partnership with the XFL, not a bad idea on the surface. We need to do what we can to help this league survive. And let's face it, this league is in a lot worse shape than we were led to believe by Randy Ambrosi and the Board of Governors. I don't care what they're trying to spin, this league is in rough shape. But lots of the answers to getting out of this mess can be found in our backyard. My grandpa always told me the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. Just another set of weeds. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.